Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Rich Day in Mind, where I'm interviewing Nate Barger, a multimillionaire real estate investor who has an incredible story to tell on how he came from a humbling childhood to now a very wealthy lifestyle. Nate uses the buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat method, other known as the Burr method, to build his wealth, and he took the time to break down what he's looking for in properties, along with some do's and don'ts. Uh, please listen to this entire episode. It's got a lot of great inspirational uh, words of wisdom and some good uh, tips to take when it comes to investing in a real estate. Please enjoy. Please visit our site at www.richstateofmind.com where we provide content on real estate, personal finances, and self-development. Share your story and information by posting a blog on our site so that the Rich State of Mind community continues to grow in knowledge. You can also follow our Instagram page at rich underscore state brand to find out about exclusive offers and discount promotions for our apparel. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other outlets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And thank you for listening. Hey, good evening, Nate. I appreciate you taking this time this evening to, uh, to definitely spread some knowledge. I love your motivation, and I love the uh, great words that you have for Mary and I before we started recording. If you could please tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, I just want to say, man, uh, first off, thanks to all your viewers. Thank you to you guys for all this, for, for the service for our country. Uh, man, I appreciate you guys. Um, so a little bit about me, man. You know, I started off, I grew up poor. You know, I grew up in a normal alcoholic blue collar family. Uh, my father worked. He was he was a railroader. My mom was a stay at home mom. So uh, I grew up in an area, man, that, that was probably like middle class. And then the 80s hit. And then I don't know if you guys ever heard of white flight. That's when all the uh, that's when African-Americans moved into the neighborhood and all the white people left. Right. Oh, wow. well, my okay. parents didn't leave. So. What my parents didn't leave, so I stayed. In, we stayed in a neighborhood, and then it got, you know, it became, um, you know, like mainly predominantly African American, and then the the whole school district went down. It, it really like went from middle class to a poor school district, not because African Americans came in, but just because that was the cycle that that neighborhood went through. So you know, I grew up in a crack epidemic by. 1990, man, I was just a bad kid. Um, I ain't gonna say a bad kid, but didn't have much guidance. I got sent to military school. I got out, man. I met some criminals in there. Got out, start selling drugs. Um, and by 1993, I caught my first felony. Um, by 1994, I caught my second felony. Got sent to prison. Uh, I got out. You know, did uh, 12 months in prison. Got out, I was out 56 days, caught another felony, caught another dope case, went back to prison for 18 months. Met a guy in there, man, that, that really was, was the plug, man. He was walking around a track and he said, man, my, my buddy got busted. And I said, man, we all got busted. That's why we in here. And I said, what did he get busted with? And he said, 13 tons of weed. 
And I, and I grabbed him. I said, man, bro, I need to meet these people. You know, you in jail and whatever. So anyways, man, he called me when he got out. And um, man, he wasn't lying, man. So we got hooked up, sold a lot of weed, had a lot of fun in my 20s, um, de- developed a really bad alcohol problem, just like my um, parents. I had a nightclub. I was a womanizer. I was a drug dealer and had millions of dollars. But by the time I was 29, I felt empty inside. So I cried out to God, man. I didn't know what I was going to do. I never had a job in my life. Um, and he showed me real estate, man. And um, I'd like to say I never looked back, but that wasn't the end. I just, I'm an extreme person. So whatever I do in life, I'm extreme. So um, I started doing real estate, man. I started doing the Burr method. I didn't even know. And for you guys who don't know, I got a, a Facebook group that uh, is B-R-R-R-R Invest. You know, we got about 50,000 members in there. Um, and it got a YouTube channel and got uh, today. Um, so uh, going back, so from 2005 to about 2009, 2010, I grew like crazy. I had 250 units. I had two big industrial buildings and I was bankrupt. I ended up losing everything, man, through the real estate crisis. I didn't understand the market. I didn't take time out. I just didn't know. I mean, we didn't have YouTube like you guys got today. So it was a little bit harder. And um, that's why I try to give out the knowledge. So by 2013, I came out of bankruptcy. By 2015, I had enough money to retire, man. It was that quick, man. That's how quick you can make money in real estate. Um, and, you know, I, I, we actually went to Florida, me and my wife. I got married in 2007, and we got, we got three wonderful kids. But I said, you know, at the end of 2015, I was burnt out. I was like, man, let's go to Florida. We'll just retire. Let's go, go to the Keys. We rented a house down there. We stayed down there for about four months. Mm-hmm. And we just found like, you know, we really miss Cincinnati. Um, and so I came back and I came back and life wasn't everything I thought it would be. I thought I would just go deep sea fishing every day and life was great. But I found that I really had a passion for real estate and I really had a passion for doing deals and putting deals together. So over the next, I don't know, five years, I would do, you know, several hundred million dollars worth of real estate. I would begin to learn how to buy deals that made a lot of money that I didn't have to put a lot of work into. And then part of what happened was you had cap rate compression, um, which I, you know, if you guys don't know what that means, that just means you're getting rich while you're sleeping and your assets going up drastically in value. Um, And uh, so that lead led me to about 2019, 2020 COVID hit. my partner, Mike Ealy, some of you guys might know him. He's on uh, social media and he has he has uh, quite the following. Um, we own Nassau Investments together out of Cincinnati, Ohio. We started buying hotels like Hilton Marriott Hotels. We got over 1,500 units. We've been very successful. We wanted to give back, man. We wanted to show people like, look, man, you can do it, man. I came from no money, um, you know, just very, very poor family, very poor mindset. But I was able to, you know, through the glory of God, man, just change all that and provide like a lifestyle for my family, man, that I never thought I would have, man. I mean, I got I remember the first year and I, I, I did look, man, just I was like, went and bought me a Ferrari, you know, it just whatever your heart desires. But see, those material things don't really um, they don't really satisfy you. So that's why I'm here, man. That's why I'm on here today, brother. I want to give back to people. I want to show you guys how in five short years, 
you can become a millionaire. I'm coming out with a class for it too. Um, and so look out for that, man, in the next 90 days. And uh, just want to see you guys crush it, man. I've given this class to several people that asked me to mentor them. Uh, the one guy is just on the uh, one of my podcasts, and he's a uh, he's a multimillionaire. Bought his first property November of 15. 15,000 a month in passive income, brother. Five years. That's that's awesome. And your story is a testament to having uh, the will and, and having consistency and over time. And you can, as you can see, it doesn't have to take 20, 25, 30 years to build it. So I think that's awesome. And especially because you say you tell somebody five years, they're going to be like, what? Five years? How is that even possible? But I think that goes back into how you explain in the Burr method. So if you could break down a bit, how do you uh, how do you evaluate a good Burr? So the way you really evaluate a good burr is you want to, you, first off, you don't want to buy a burr in an area that's not going to go up in value because then you're wasting your time managing something that's not going to do anything. Um, it's like holding a, a bar of gold and gold ain't doing nothing for you. It ain't going up in value. It's just sitting there looking pretty. Um, so the way you really make wealth is through appreciation. Cash flow just allows you to hang on to the asset while it goes up in value. So here's what I tell people on average, I wanna be all in on a property for 120. And I just did a video on one. I did a bird in 14 days, man, we crushed it. We bought that for 57. We ended up having a 106 in it. It's gonna appraise. I mean, I just now finished this. It's on my YouTube channel at Nate Barger. Um, and we just, uh, it's probably gonna appraise at 175. I rented it out for 1375 a month. So I'll go back to the bank. I'll do an 80% cash out refi. I'll get 135, 140 out. Um, I, so I got all my 106 back. And my investors are paid. Plus, I got another $30,000 to rock with, right? Plus, I got $13.75 a month coming in. So I got about $250, $300 a month in um, passive income. And I got $200 a month in principal reduction. That house should go up about 5% a year. It's projected to go up 9.1% in value next year. But historically, that's not going to keep up. You can't. Because you can't keep up with, uh, you can't keep up with, um, um, you got to keep up with what jobs, what people are getting raises, right? In other words, if jobs aren't going up that much, uh, wages aren't going up that much, how are they going to be able to continue to afford it, right? So it's kind of temporary because right now, COVID, um, last year, we had wages go up 10% because the government was handing out all that money. They were paying a lot of people more money than they actually made. Um, but if you know, that property goes up 5% a year over the next five years, that 175,000 property is going to be worth about 230. Then I'm going to owe 230 or 130 on it. But through my principal reduction, I'm only going to owe about 112. So see, I just created another $118,000 in wealth right there, hanging on to it. So if you do 30 of them, you got $3 million, right? Over the next five years, I'm going to show you how to do that. And so can you explain what principal reduction means? Yeah, that means let's say you borrowed one hundred thirty thousand from the bank. Your payment is seven hundred seven hundred dollars a month. Five hundred that's going to be towards interest. Two hundred is going to be to pay off the principal reduction. So next month you don't owe one hundred thirty thousand. You owe one hundred twenty nine thousand eight hundred. Then you're only paying interest on one hundred twenty nine thousand eight hundred. So month two, instead of having two hundred dollars in principal reduction, you're probably going to have two hundred one. Then two hundred two, two hundred three. By the end of five months, you done paid off $1,000. Your net worth is growing $200 a month, plus you got $300 a month in cash flow. 
So you get 30 of them things working, right? You got $200 a month times 30, that's $6,000 a month of principal reduction. You got $300 a month in cash flow times 30, that's $9,000 a month in uh, principal reduction, I mean, in, in cash flow. Then let's say you did a $30,000 cash out on 30 of them, that's 900 grand of cash you got. Then let's say year five, you got $120,000 in equity times 30, that's $3.6 million. That's how you get wealthy, my friends. And you don't have to stop and do single family homes. We do hotels. We do burrs on. Uh, uh, I got a couple higher places right now. We're looking to close on. I have a Hampton Inn right now. We got a uh, what's the name of that? Stay Bridge. Man, I didn't know them things was that nice. Them Stay Bridges are nice, man. They got real kitchens and everything in them. That's an IHG product. And so, you know, you can do it on hotels. You can do it on large apartment complex. Large apartment complexes are expensive right now. So we're focused more on hotels, but the single family houses, man, will get you wealthy if you know how to buy them and do the burr method, because essentially you're getting all your cash back from the lender. There are some tricks and hacks. Uh, and I showed you guys that stuff. We probably don't have enough time to go into all that, but there are some tricks and hacks. One of them I was sharing with you because a lender doesn't want to see you do a cash out refi. So, yes. you know, and, you, and can either awesome one, too. you can either one, you can either one, Get your investor on board to give you more cash up front, right? And then they just cash your investor out. Or number two, you can create a mortgage for your time, energy, effort, and any sweat equity that you paid yourself. And then the, what you recommended earlier was bestplaces.com in order to, to identify the best places to try to find these birds that will go up in a value. And so with this website, I'm, I'm assuming based on what you explained. Hey, hey, hey hold on, hold on. So it's, it's bestplaces.net. Dot and net. it's probably okay. not the best site out there, but it, it's free. And so, um, so yeah, that's why I said bestplaces.net because it's free. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. What are some paid some paid uh, services? You uh, Do you have a couple? Um, we use uh, Ursi, E-R-S-I. Um, that's one of the things that we use. We use, um, one is called Star Report for Hotels. We use... Uh, Dodge, uh, uh, a Dodge report that tells you all about, you know, the, um, but those things are expensive, man. Unless you're doing like a 10, $20 million project, you don't want to pay for that stuff. Yeah. CoStar is a good one to use. CoStar is about $600 a month. That's good for apartments. That tells you a lot about apartments, but bestplaces.net is not bad, but you have to know how to look at that data. And what you want to do is there's going to be, a, you, you can put the zip code in, what you're looking for is basic jobs, guys, because basic jobs, here, let me explain. Um, let's say you go to the middle of a cornfield, you buy this land real cheap and you go build 10 houses, right? Nobody buys the houses. And you're like, I know the problem. I put a gas station there, put a gas station and nobody buys the houses, right? None of them are basic jobs. Those are non-basic jobs. They're not going to create jobs. They're just going to service the community. Then you put a grocery store in, right? You're like, I know the problem, grocery store. Nobody comes. Let's say all of a sudden you say, you know what, man, I know the real problem. Let me put a factory over here that builds cars. Now, all of a sudden you have all this money coming in from the sky from all over the world being dumped down in this community. Everybody wants to move there. Everybody wants to buy houses. A manufacturing job creates 10 other jobs. Right. So you want to follow the basic jobs. They're 10 to one. So if you hear, um, you know, XYZ is coming into the community and they're going to bring a thousand jobs. If it's uh, manufacturing, I want you to hear they're going to create 10,000 jobs, which means going to need more houses, right? 
Yes. Then you want to look at how much supplies out there, what the current vacancy rate is, what it costs to build. And then you can determine if that's a good area to come into and buy ahead of that development because there's going to be more need for housing. Okay. That's, that's, I got two examples. So we have uh, Suffolk, which is about 30 minutes away from us. Amazon built a new warehouse. So it created about 1,500 uh, jobs, but it was like a big deal for that smaller area. No, no, no. It'll create 15,000, remember, right? Amazon's going to be uh, 10x. You're going to 10x that. Okay. 15,000 jobs is a lot. No, no. Yeah, it is. Especially in, in, especially in a population area. I think they only got maybe about 200,000 people in that area. And then for the where we own the triplex, they talk about build, building a casino. So I've heard that's part of the plan, maybe five-year plan. And that's why Mary and I was kind of thinking about holding on to the triplex because of that casino coming down uh, to the area. Now, that's great areas you want to buy. And we just had a casino come here to Cincinnati. Now, a casino really only services. It doesn't, but it's bringing in people from outside the community that are dumping money there. And they ain't leaving with money. They throwing money down and leaving, right? And so now you created all these jobs. You got the people down there at the tables, the waiters, the dealers. You got the people that are valeting the cars. They got to come out. They got to spend money. They need places to go. And it just creates velocity of money in your community. So maybe good for Airbnb then. Airbnb would be great, but you're going to need more people are going to need houses. So the rents are going to go up. If rents go up, values go up. Yes. And then, so what would you say, because you, you started with single family and then now, like I said, like you said earlier, you're in hotels. What would you say is, what's the biggest difference between, is it the same fundamentals and it's just more money or is the fundamentals the same when it comes to burying small, single family all the way up to hotels? Hotels are easier, but you got to get there. Single family homes are going to be hard, man, because you're going to be management tense. You can't hire anybody to do it. You're going to have to do it. If you hire a guy, you might be out there having to snake out the line. Because if you always hire a professional, where is a hotel? Let's say you got a 100-room hotel, right? And right now, hotels are down. 100 rooms, let's say you rented 70 of them for $100 uh, last night. That's $7,000 in revenue. Let's say times uh, let's say times 365 days, that's going to give you about $2.4 million in revenue. And a hotel ain't that much bigger than an apartment complex, but it brings in so much more cash flow. Um, you can really hire, give a guy $70,000 a year to run it for you. Where with a house, with a single family house, you pay a guy $70,000 to run your house. And man, you're like, I ain't got no money left. So you are that guy, right? So single family homes are a grind, but they're necessary. And you got to buy in the right area. You got to know what you're doing. One wrong mistake can either A, set you back or two, bankrupt you. So don't make a mistake early on. Make sure you go watch my videos, man. I'm going to show you guys everything you need so you don't make the same mistakes that I that I made, man, because I made a lot of them. You think it's, do you think it's worth with single family homes? Well, let's say I have a, a home, a single family home that's 1,300 square foot and it's got it's two bedroom, one bath, a three bedroom, one bath. Do you think it's worth putting the extra plumbing in to add an extra bathroom to make a three bedroom, two bath? No, because you ain't going to get no more rent. See, when you're dealing with, when you're dealing with properties like that, Unless you're in a real high-end area, you're probably only gonna get it's 1,300 square feet. Yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get 80 cent to a dollar ten a square foot is all you're gonna get as a rental. So what are you getting for that unit? 
But three bedroom, one bath, three bedroom, two bath out here, uh, you probably get about 13, 14, 400 a month. So you're only getting a dollar a square foot, right? You can put gold showers in there, man. You're only getting a dollar a square foot because if you start over improving it, people, let's say 1600, they ain't coming to that neighborhood. They're going somewhere else, right? Yeah. So you already getting all the money out of it. Don't put no extra money in um, unless you see the area is going to change. Like sometimes I'll go ahead of areas that are going to change. And I'm like, hey, man, I know this area is going to change in three years. I'm going to put granite countertops and I'm going to rent it to Section 8. But I'm going to make sure I'm very picky with my tenants because I know when I come out in two or three years, the rent's going to jump up because of what's going on in that area. OK. All right. That makes sense. Uh, because I see a lot, I hear a lot of investors, they say they do that with their burrs. Uh, they they add a bathroom in order to kind of make it more appealing to a family. You know, add a driveway, add, a, add an extra bathroom. Because a three-bedroom bath, that's that's uncomfortable for, for a family. Usually a, a three-bedroom is usually for a family of four, you know, maybe even five. Uh, so they uh, talk well, about- Well, here, here's how you check bathroom. that. What What's the occupancy? Are you having a hard time keeping it rented? 3% in this area, generally, 3%. Are you having a hard time it. keeping it rented? No. Then Not there's your area. answer, right? If you couldn't rent it and everybody's like, hey, man, man, I, I need another bath, right? But you probably have a shortage of housing in the area, right? If you're only running a 3%, that means it's tight. That means you got a housing shortage right now. No, because I think for, for us, it's definitely, you've seen the shift you're seeing the shift in where people are starting to live. So Prentice Park, where I'm, where uh, one of our properties is at, you are seeing that people are gravitating over to that area. I think, and I think it is because of they're anticipating the the uh, casino and anticipating. And it's because they can't. It's because the prices are going up, and they, that's where they can afford. Man, go exactly. look at all the, the prices, man. Everywhere is going up, and they're pushing them out into. Man, I sold a house last year for forty two thousand. It was in the hood. I bought it at the tax sale for five grand. Man, I had so many problems out. I was like, man, I don't even want this house no more. I kept having problems, man. I couldn't get no good tenant. Man, I was driving by the other day. I just bought a, uh, about 100 and something units over there. And I seen I had a sign, man, 119,000 pending, bro. I was like, dang, man. It, 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 just the whole market's on fire right now. Because you know why? Interest rates went from 4.5% to 2 and 3 quarters. And yes. that made everybody be able to afford eight, $900 a month mortgages, $120,000 house, only about an eight or $900 mortgage. And that three bedroom house, I would probably rent for 1250. So you're going to pay 1250 to rent. Or are you going to go buy it for 900 a month? Is the, is the fact that it's a seller's market right now affecting how hard, how hard it is to find a good deal for you or for, for no, any... not me, man, because no, because um, I've been doing it for so long. And your integrity, when people bring me deals off market, they know I'm not going to screw them. They know I'm not going to circumvent them. And they know I'm going to be honest with them. You know, and if somebody come, I had one of my buddies brought me a deal. I said, man, it's, I was like, man, I want it. It's a 48 unit. I said, hey, man, what you want to make, Paul? He said, I want to make 400000 right? I said, let me run the numbers, man. I ran the numbers about three minutes. I said, hey, man, get the deal wrapped up. I can give you 400000 right? So he bringing me a deal, making 400 grand. So who you think going to bring deals, man? Right. So when you take care of people, 
and you've been doing it so long. And plus, you just see opportunity. You know opportunity. And we're vertically integrated. We got our own construction company, property management company. Matter of fact, two of my partners, Matt and Mike, worked on a deal in December. The bank had 277 units. They were taken back from a guy who ran them in the ground because of COVID. They gave us the properties. They said, look, take the properties. You don't want to bring no, no money down. We need you guys to help us turn these properties around. We don't want to take a haircut on a loan. We owe, I think it was seven point something million. And we're going to give you a million, $1.2 million to renovate them and bring them back up. So when you have a good name, a good reputation, and you take care of people, and you don't, be, you don't be like, well, man, I don't want to pay you that much money. Don't be that guy, man. You know, value the next guy's time just like you would want somebody to value your time. People will take care of you and bring you deals. And then so I want to talk about the transition between going from single family to commercial. What did you um, experience with that? Because my, right now our experience is with we have, you know, our three unit, our duplex. But then going into like a 12 or to 50 unit, uh, did you start having like a superintendent or like a maintenance man on site or a property manager on site? Uh, what, what are some differences you had with that? Yeah, so when you start to get the larger 30, 40, 50 units, you want to try to get somebody on site um, to stay there, take care of the grounds, let you know what's going on. Uh, I mean, especially if it's in like a bad neighborhood. And, um, you know, then you want to start scaling. And, you know, what I had to do, man, I had to, um, my first year I did 10 burrs, right? And I pulled about 300,000 cash out of them. My very first year, man, because I got told you, I'm just extreme. I'm just extreme, man. When I say go, I'm gone. And um, I, I start buying more and more and more. Well, within about two or three years, I knew I had to bring somebody else on because I was getting burnt out. I was working 16-hour days. And, um, you know, I had a wife, just had a little newborn baby, uh, just, just stopped selling drugs. Like two years prior to that, was trying to figure out how to make a legit living. And... Um, what what I uh, did was I sold a house. I made like 40 grand. I said, I'm going to put this 40 grand in escrow and I'm going to hire somebody and I'm going to pay them out of that. And I was like, I got to make it work. And so I hired somebody, put the 40 grand in there. And then that person ended up making me 80,000. I was like, wow, you can make money off hiring people. And, you know, they made me that. And then I was able to vertically integrate and start my own management company. Um, and I was buying so much that I always had construction guys around. So it wasn't hard for me to send somebody over there to fix something. So that was an advantage that you want to get early on is the construction side of it. Because if you're not good at the construction side, all the big developers who make a lot of money, they're all vertically integrated. They all had their own construction company. So you're saying that before, if you, if you want to start your own companies or your own man, uh, you want to start with construction before you work, focus on property management? Now you want to do them both together, man. They all intertwine. Okay. You have to manage your own stuff. If you let somebody else manage it, man, you might as well kiss it by, man. You might get lucky, but other people ain't going to, they're not going to do the things that you do. They're going to call Roto-Rooter. You guys got Roto-Rooter? I don't even know what that is. What is, what is that? It, it, you know, like if you got a sewer clogged up, man, they're going to call the guy out of the phone book, man. They're going to charge you like three to $500. Make this oh, guy yeah, go yeah. down there and take them. Yeah. So you have to know, you have to be vertically integrated. 
you make a good point. And then, so what do you, what do you suggest for people that have day jobs and they're trying to invest and go hundred percent in, in real estate investing? Like how you, you've explained it here. Five years, you're going to have to work crazy hours, but listen, man, a little bit of sacrifice after five years, you can quit your job. Um, because the goal is really to get out of working for somebody else most of the time, right? Yes. So, I mean, you got to make some sacrifices, man. Some of the sacrifices might be your time, might be your Friday nights, might be your Saturdays. It doesn't matter. Don't focus on the circumstances. Focus on the goal. Don't let your circumstances change the goal. Don't say, well, this is too hard, so I'm going to lower the goal. Don't say that. Say, I'm going to work harder so the goal is not that, that much farther away. Just like in the military, man. You don't say, you don't say, oh, it's really hard. My side hurts. Man, keep running, man. Right? Don't yep. focus on the circumstances. Focus on the goal. Get to the finish line. That's all that matters. And if so, for remember earlier we were talking about capital, right? And you said capital is not the problem. It's uh, help getting other investors. So what do you recommend to people as far as how to get other people to want to uh, invest with you to where every, everybody feels like they're, you know, they can win in the situation? Well, you gotta you gotta look first. You gotta have a you gotta have a a plan put together. You can't approach people and ask people for money if you don't know what you're doing. If you don't have a business plan put together, like you guys went out um, and you guys bought stuff with your own money. Now you guys are ready to raise use other people's money. Um, so, but don't focus on what your goal is. Focus on what their goal is. Right? What is your goal if you want to invest? Can I reach that goal and still compensate myself and feel like it's fair? And if the answer is no, then don't do that deal. But what I was saying earlier, it's not that money's not hard to get. Money's hard to get. Everything's hard. But you know what? It's hard becoming wealthy. But you know what else is hard, man? It's hard being poor. So don't let them things keep you from being what you need to be. Um, if getting money is hard for you, then practice at it, man. Go out and just say, you know what? I'm going to get this done. That's it. And don't stop, don't give up, and you'll get there. So every last little thing can be hard if you let it be, but you got to change your mental. And I'm just going to go out here and make it happen. When it comes to the business plan, do you recommend that somebody already has a deal ready before they get investors or say, hey, this is my plan. I, I intend to get a, a property that's from 500, 600K. If you could just, you know, this is how much interest you can make off of this deal. If you could give me 10, let's say 10 grand, then things will work out? Or do you recommend uh, deal get, finding a deal first or putting a plan together and then everything's like on a PowerPoint, presenting it to the investor? Well, how are you going to find a deal if you don't know what the goal is, right? Okay. You could just go be finding a deal that ain't no good. So you want to, you wanna, look, man, I'm giving this stuff away for free. Watch my YouTube videos. You want to come up with a five-year goal. Five-year goal, I can show you how to be a millionaire and retire with at least $7,500 a month in passive income. So you have to come up with the goal first. Once you come up with the goal, then you have to learn to go scrape the data, learn how to apply the data, and then put the action steps in place, then execute, right? So your brain's a supercomputer. You got to scrape the data. You got to know all the things I was telling you about earlier. What areas should I invest in? Why should I invest here? You know, what kind of financing am I going to get? How much cash flow am I going to get? How do, what years house do I buy? You don't, you don't, certain year houses you don't want to buy, man. They're too old. They're going to fall apart on you. And I got videos to show you all that. 
but only then once you know the stuff you need to take five or six months and learn um here let's think about it like this if you were a doctor you wouldn't just go in and say um you know i just decided i want to be a doctor man let me come in here and uh, hey man y'all get out the way man i'm gonna operate on right real estate's the same way you can't just jump in and buy as eager as you want to be you got to know what you're doing otherwise it could get hurt you could get hurt man you don't want to do that so six months man watch my videos watch your videos listening to you network with people and after six months man you should be if you really adamant about it you should really be educated enough to go out here and crush it. And so, yeah, I think that's the the um, the block for a lot of people is this this goal that seems so big, right? And so, for us, you know, buying that first property, like, oh wait, okay, great, we did it. All right, now time to go to the next thing. And so, what you're saying makes sense, and it's just getting past that mental block because, yeah, buying a hotel to me in the mirror right now is like, whoa, but you got to get past that in order for that goal not to seem so large. Uh, to where it's so intimidating, you uh, have an analysis paralysis, like they'll say. And so, for yeah, yeah, me- but, but you know, when, when when I jumped into the hotels, man, that was scary for me because I went bankrupt. I never wanted to go bankrupt again. Yeah, but um, my you. partner, man, he just pushed it. He was like, "Nah, Nate, we're gonna do a hotel," and he did everything. He called. He said, "Hey, Nate, we closing on. We closing on. Uh, I need you at the. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't communicate like me. He just said, "Hey, man, we got to close, and I need you at the attorneys tomorrow." And I said, all right, man, what are we closing on? Because we buy property all the time. He said, we closing on a hotel. And I was like, we we closing on a hotel? I didn't even know. <laughs> and so he kind of dragged me along on that. But I was scared, man. I was I was scared, man. And and But through COVID, really, I got comfortable with hotels. I was like, man, it's the worst they can get ever. And then, so now I'm totally comfortable with them. Um, and then now we're building about a $70 million uh, high rise down in Florida. So that's what makes me a little nervous because I never did one of them before. But it doesn't matter, man. Um, you got to go for it, man. And if you fail, that doesn't determine where you end up. The only place, the only time that you fail and that determines where you end up at is if you give up. So if you never give up after you fail, you'll eventually succeed and be very, very, very successful. And so it is it's, uh, very humbling. Uh, being able to talk to you because you talk about these major deals to a lot of people that they can't even fathom, but you make them seem small. And I appreciate your transparency too, right? Because we all have our mental thresholds. We're like, whoa, that's, that's a huge, that's a big deal. But then once you get over that hump, you're like, all right, cool. What's next? But, and yeah, what, like what would be next? That first deal was your hardest, wasn't it? That yeah. first house you were like, oh, but once you do your first one, you're like, man, I'm going to get another one because you see like, man, it's not that hard. Like, yeah, yeah, we had to make some sacrifices. Yeah, I might have to go over here and plunge the toilet out. I might get some calls I don't want to have to deal with. But it's getting me closer to my overall goals, right? No, yeah, you're completely right. And I think one key thing that you you spoke on was doing the homework. I think uh, a lot of people – so one thing that I've noticed is that when you get excited, you get emotionally attached to a particular deal that you like. And so you find yourself trying to ignore all the other yellow and red flags – and so then you you end up in a deal that wasn't probably the best, uh, but um, throughout throughout that process, I guess you get kind of addicted to the the um, the ecstasy, the feeling of like I'm doing something, but it's really you're really not. And so I like the fact that you talked about doing the homework because you could be setting yourself backwards, even though yeah you got a few more units, but is it really helping you as far as appreciation over time or even cash flow? 
Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely, brother. And so uh, with, with all this you said, man, because you have a lot of drive and you got a lot of motivation, man, and a lot of knowledge. Uh, what would you say is you, what would you consider your rich state of mind? What's your big why is why you do everything that you do? Well, right now, man. So this year we set out a goal to buy about five hundred million dollars worth of hotels. Right. And I'm telling you this right now, man, this is from somebody who grew up poor. Um, you know, alcoholic family, blue collar. I, I never had any wealth in my family, man. Um, and I mean, nobody, like nobody, not like, oh, my cousin had, no, nobody had money, man. We were just poor. And um, just realized that, man, the thing that makes you poor is your mind. So 88% of millionaires, everybody thinks, oh, well, I can't make money because they come up with a reason, right? I don't yeah. have money. Let me tell you something, man. 88% of millionaires, according to Fidelity, in the United States are self-made, meaning they didn't have any money. 90% of those people made their money in real estate. So it's nothing to think about. It's nothing to think about, man. 88% of people out here that are millionaires made their money in real estate. 90, I mean, 88% of millionaires are self-made. 90% of them made in real estate. It's simple, man. Let's do that. So my why is right now giving back because I can't even imagine, to be honest with you, man, man, just wake up, man. I, you should see this house I live in. I was bankrupt seven years ago, man. Man, I got Lamborghinis. I got Bentleys. I got Ferraris. I got, oh, man, uh, man, I'm just so blessed. But the thing, my why is giving back to you guys. Because I don't want you to feel like you can't have what I got. Because you can. We live in a land of abundance, man. Um, and once you understand money, see, here's the real way you get wealthy. Go to the bank. So I go buy an asset that makes 8%. Okay, you follow me? All right. I I'm go listening. to the bank. I get the money from the bank and I borrow for 4%. That's it. I make money off the bank's money. It's called leverage. Let's go say I do that on a $10 million deal. You say, well, I can't do a $10 million deal. That's okay. Then do a $100 deal. Then do a $1,000 deal. Then do a $10,000 deal. It doesn't matter, man. It just has a different zero. Don't be scared of a zero. That's all they are. You just got to get out here and do something. So once you do your first property, like what you, you guys did, man, it becomes easier. You know, and, and just don't, whatever you wake up, write it down. What's my problem? What's keeping me? It's called critical path method. What's going to keep me from scaling and growing? And then you write it down and you sit there and within five minutes, you determine a solution. You may came up with 70 solutions. Which ones are the most viable? And you just go for it, man. You make it happen. If money's your problem, figure out a way to make money. Go on YouTube. How do you raise private capital? Where do I meet people with money? I grew up poor. So when I went around all my friends, the only people who could give me money was drug dealers. I couldn't take their money because I'm going to go back to jail. The Fed's going to get me for racketeering. I can't take their money, right? <laughs> so I had to go out here and I had to figure out how to get money. You know, and that was very hard because me and my partner, man, he's a he's a, a African-American guy. Um, he's like my brother, man. He bought me a, a look, man, I'm going to show you all this car he bought me, man. Want to see, you want to see some of my cars, man? Yeah, sure. 
I'm gonna show you anyways. Let me see. Yeah, I'm gonna show you this car he bought me, man. You know, uh he bought this for me last year, man. He knew I wanted it. And uh just uh Mike, his name's Mike Gilly, man. Check him out. He got a Facebook group too. This is called Apartment Investing Secrets. Look at this car here, man. See Which one at the bottom? Yeah, yeah, the Dodge Viper, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. I see how you got Look. Yeah, I see how you got your car set up, too. That's what's up. See the Ferrari? Hey, hey, all right, man, I, I see, I see. Look, man, I was, look, man, Grand National. I got the Lambo over here, you know. So, look, man, uh, see that? I was bankrupt, man. Don't let nobody tell you you can't have stuff, man. Look at this. You got the, the butterfly doors, man. Look. <laughs> Go get you what you want, man. Go get you what you want. Right? Man, I'm here giving everything away to you guys, man. Everything. Look, man. Man, I went, I went and bought, I went and bought my uh, uh, uh Bentley. Look, see that? My wife said, nice. Oh, you bought two a Bentley? I want one too. So guess what? I bought two of them. See that? <laughs> Match it. His or her Bentley, man. <laughs> so look, man. Look at this. Look at this beautiful neighborhood I live in. You see that, man? Look, I grew up I like poor, that. man. I like that. I like that. But look, this stuff doesn't define me, and I don't care if I was broke, I'd still be happy. You know why? Because look, man. When I was in prison, I was in the middle. I was in the hole. And guy came to me, man. He said, what if you could be happy now? See, I thought I wanted a, a red Ferrari. I said, that'll make me happy. But this car here is probably my favorite. I love the Lambo, but this one here, mm -hmm. because my partner bought it for me, man. It symbolizes your friendship. Yeah, he's like my brother, man. But the reason we do this, man, for you guys, because we don't want you to go through your whole life with regrets, wondering, Man, what would my life have been like if I only would have tried? So you just got to get out here and do it, man. We actually uh, messaged uh, Mike Ely too, because uh, we saw what he was yeah, doing yeah. as well. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we're able to get in contact with him because um, we see what y'all are doing. Y'all are doing some good things, but y'all also down to earth as well. So it's y'all easy to digest. Um, don't yeah, feel like nah, you're too, you're like too said, in outer space. Like we just like you guys, man. That's it, man. Ain't no difference, man. Um, you know, here's my wife and kids, man. You know, so I got a wonderful wife, man. Yeah, be She's yeah beautiful family, man. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, here goes my other family. Uh, <laughs> who drew that? Kid, uh, you know, my daughter did. We were actually out in Philadelphia and uh, we did a whole West Coast trip or East Coast trip. And we ended up in Philadelphia because they turned me away at the border. They wouldn't let me through. We were going up somewhere up in uh, Canada. They wouldn't let me in the country because of my drug trafficking back in 1996, man. So I still get judged sometimes, but you know, it's okay. Um, so she drew that. We were at the Doubletree Hotel. And, uh, you know, they got the, the, the Doubletree by Hilton. They got the big chocolate tip cookies. She was about five years old. I said, baby, I'm going to buy you one of these hotels one day, you know? So that's what, you, that's what you, your kids, man. So now they down to earth, but they know that they can own anything they want to own, right? But 
I don't let them like money's not that important to them. Like my man, I to, I told my I tried to get my son some. I was like, here, man, let's go buy you some clothes. He's like, I don't really care about no clothes, Dad. I was like, man, that's great, but you look bummy. We about to go get you some clothes. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you on that. Uh, what's it? Uh, what do you? So now that we kind of talk about family, because uh, family and I is family is really big to us. What are some uh, values and principles that you instill in your kids so that they can do uh, bigger and better things uh, beyond you? Just to enjoy life, really, man, and don't um, don't worship money. You know, money's not going to make you better than anybody. Um, to get out here and work hard and give your all, have empathy and understanding that, you know, some people don't have what you have and don't judge other people. Um, you know, and just when you see somebody, be kind to them because, man, about maybe about four years ago, I had this guy come up to me, man. This is what really inspired me too, to, to really want to get back to people. And to just be so real, um, guy came up to me, man, and he said, "Nate, Nate, you know, Nate, man." And I was like, I was looking at the guy, like, "Hey, what's up, man?" But I didn't even know the guy, right? And he was like, "Man," and it was a, it was a bunch of people. He was like, "Man, you saved my life, man." And I'm thinking, like, "Dang, was I drunk just back in the days? Like, well, you know what happened?" And um, he was like, and, and I was like, "Man, tell me about it. Like, what happened?" Because I didn't even know where I knew the guy from. And still to this day, I don't. And he said, man, I was getting ready to go kill myself, man. He was getting ready to go kill himself. And he said, you gave me a word of inspiration. And it just changed me. It changed my mind, man. I didn't go kill myself. And he said, uh, and now I own two properties, right? It's hope. You got to give people hope, man. So you have the ability, man, to be able to help change people's lives with just little things. If somebody comes up and they got road rage, ah! ain't got to be no jerk to him man just pray for the person man you don't know what they're going through right feel sorry i feel sorry for him like dang man you you all mad about what like life is too good to be mad about stuff man just enjoy life man just enjoy life because look man before you know it it'll be over now i really appreciate that it gives so we were able to talk about the real estate side and and then also like numbers crunching and making sure we find the right spot, but also be able to talk about the mindset as well. Because the mindset, if you ain't got that right, then you're not even able to uh, step your pinky uh, pinky toe into, into the pool. So I really appreciate you breaking that down and also talking about the family and big thing too, not money, not worshiping money and not, not letting that be the motive uh, because it's bigger than that. Um, so I really appreciate you, Nate, taking the time this evening. You really, really was inspiration to Amir and I and to the people that's going to be listening to this. I really think this is going to be a really impactful episode. Probably one of my favorite ones. Seriously. I love your energy too. I feel like you probably like this all day. Uh, so Man, all, all day, bro. Like all day. I've been up since four this morning reading. Hey, but look, man, I want to tell you, man, thank you and, and, and her for the sacrifice you guys made, man. My, uh, you know, a lot of my family was in the military and, um, the sacrifice you guys are making is huge, man. And I, I just, man, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank you guys so much. Um, and you guys are going to crush it, man. I want to continue to follow you guys and, you know, you guys just give back knowledge, man, and show people, man, you guys are inspiration because you guys are young, man. And, and you guys, I'm 45 years old. I've been doing this for, since I was your age, man. I started real estate when I was 29 and been up been bankrupt. And then, like I said, came back in two years, a millionaire. 
uh, multimillionaire in two years. But I'm telling you, you can do it in five years. Um, and I can show you how, man. So follow me, Nate Barger, on YouTube. Um, join our group, BRRRR Invest. Follow me on TikTok. I don't even know what else, man. I got a whole social media guy. That's all he does for me. So, um, but we just getting out here, man. We just want to inspire people and show them how to do it. And thank you for that. Seriously.